what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of open book with cc and this now is going to be my final episode of season two and i finally got machete to come through be a part of the show all that good stuff so tell people about you what you do all that good stuff well thank you for having me yeah, appreciate it appreciate of course. it appreciate it um yeah my name is machete sound um i represent uh a reggae uh, rap and reggaeton collective. We basically make music and uh, focus on you know just creating creating new sounds and uh, new waves. Trying to create some new waves for people. Okay. Um, this is uh, Mad Studios, and uh, I'm one of the artists that works under under Mad Studios. So yeah, yeah, man, it's it's a pleasure to be here and uh, mm -hmm. you're just here promoting my uh, my album and just trying to uh, you know see what's going on, see what's okay. going on with, with the program and. Um, what you got uh, what you got going on okay so you have so your your sound is reggaeton i would say a little bit oh, okay because i was like from your ep to your album it's like two different sounds yeah, so okay yeah. we'll get into that right, right right so who or what got you into rapping um rapping um so um i grew up in california mm -hmm. uh, my whole life pretty much uh, my family's from puerto rico and mm -hmm. um and my uh another side of my family's from new york mm -hmm. so a lot of my uh my family like got me into like you know i would go visit to east coast all the time and then spend some time out there when i was like a teenager mm -hmm. and i think uh, it was one year i got to spend like a whole summer out there and um i think i was like 15 years old and i got into like artists like a uh, big pun okay. who's actually my favorite rapper um, oh nice yeah yeah so rest in peace big pun man right. legend um He's actually what got me into like rhyming and like mm -hmm. studying um <clears throat> studying different like uh rhyme patterns and trying to like work on like vocab and expanding mm -hmm. my vocabulary. Okay. And uh, so I was probably about maybe fifteen when I got into like rapping and like writing. Okay. And you know when I was just got a liking to it and it was uh yeah like Big Pun and Fat Joe and like the Terror Squad um just because I was going to New York a lot mm -hmm. that's what my cousins were showing me. Okay. But uh but on the West Coast like you know my 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 uh my family out here got me into like Snoop Easy E mm -hmm. so I grew up listening to a lot of Snoop and Easy E so okay. so yeah that that was like you know around that time. Okay, so where are you originally from then? Um, I'm actually I was actually born in Victorville, California. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. I was actually born here. Um, hmm. but my family it's a crazy like uh so so I was born here and like right after I was born my family split to New York. Mm -hmm. So I, w I was born in California and then I lived in New York for a few years. But um, you know, I came back, you know, uh came back with my family with my mom and hmm. we moved to San Bernardino. Okay. So so that like I pretty much was like raised in like San Bernardino County. I okay. grew up in Victorville and spent a lot of time in San Bernardino. Okay, so you are IE baby. Yeah, IE okay. baby. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, are there any other genres you kind of just want to step into? Yeah, and and you know, um when you asked me that question about the, uh, the reggaeton, mm -hmm. I, that's actually like a new um kind of like a new cursor that I've added to my uh my list of like, you know, when I try to describe my sound. Mm -hmm. Um I've never really put out any music that was bilingual. Okay. Um, besides reggae and, and um, dealing with things like, you know, without or more of a Caribbean vibe, but it's still mm -hmm. in Patois, still kind of English. Mm -hmm. You can still understand what I'm saying. Okay. But uh, this was the first time uh, with this last album I did, my, my most recent project, Natty Watching You. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to experiment um, and really represent the culture of, of my Caribbean roots. Okay. You know what I mean? 
But, you know, in California, we have a lot of uh, cultures out here as well. Mm. A lot of bilingual cultures, Spanish-speaking cultures, and we're a beach state. Yeah. So I really, really wanted to tie those elements together. Mm -hmm. um, as an artist, I'm, I'm, I'm really just trying to, like, fine-tune, like, what, what type of, uh, what type of, um, just learning what my consumer market is okay. and learning the details about my career in terms of like the trajectory I want to be in. Mm -hmm. and, um, so yeah, that definitely contributed to it. I wanted to like really show respect to my uh, my ancestry, my relatives, my family um, <clears throat> on the West Coast and on the East Coast. Uh -huh. And uh, I never really did a song in Spanish, so it was like a, an opportunity for me to challenge myself okay. and really step out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And um, and so yeah, that, that was more of a reggaeton, uh, style so now i'm defining myself as an artist that includes that okay you know i don't have like full albums or full songs that are just strictly yeah. in spanish and reggaeton mm -hmm. the reason why i would like say reggae rap and reggaeton is because like you'll hear those those two or three flavors in every song yeah so so that's something i'm i'm i'm, I'm getting into now with, mm -hmm. with uh with this year with with this album okay. and i'm excited to see what what other things i could do mm -hmm. around that so okay so are you thinking of pushing into maybe pop or like maybe a rock and roll alternative rock something like that um you know maybe 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 um maybe more along the lines of pop um okay. just because i know that in um in american music that's kind of how it's classified mm -hmm. anytime you do any type of like uh you know anytime anytime you come up with anything that is not directly under the hip-hop umbrella it would mm -hmm. be labeled as pop regardless that's so, true pop latino like however you would want to say it i'm mm -hmm. actually more open to that now than i okay. was mm -hmm. i used to be more like nah you know i wanted to be raw and, and yeah. come up from the ciphers and like i had a different uh trajectory before but mm -hmm. i'm actually excited with how receptive um the people have been with the with the Spanish stuff I put out and with mm -hmm. the reggae stuff I put out, yeah. and I'm actually not ashamed to to to, to represent that now as a, okay. as a mature artist like mm -hmm. pop, you know, uh, reggae, reggae pop. Um, I'm definitely not um, attaching myself to the labels. Mm -hmm. I just know it's business. You know, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How I have to do things, but mm -hmm. you know, I'm still down with the ciphers. I'm still down with hip hop. Okay. I still listen to rap and all that, and that's never going to change. So. so you're a real freestyler. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I came up from that. So okay, we don't have too many of those anymore, that's why. Because I always ask people, like, do you freestyle? Yeah, and they're just yeah. like, oh, sometimes, like, do you battle rap? Mm, not really. Like, it seems like battle rap is, like, not a part of establishing yourself as a true rap artist anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it just kind of just went away. Like, after 8 Mile, it was just over and done with. So, I don't know. I like battle rap, but that's just me. Man, so cool. I'm glad you do. I'm yes, do I love battle rap. That's like the that's the best rap there is. But uh, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> so, what advice would you give somebody trying to come up in the game today? Because you're kind of a seasoned vet. So, I mean, I hear a lot about Machete. Man. A lot. <laughs> so. well, uh, and um, I honestly like I, I. That's a you know, and that's that's I appreciate that question, mm -hmm. and that's humbling to me because honestly, like. You know, as artists, we're like our biggest critics sometimes. Yeah. And we, you know, we kind of like put ourselves at the last of the, at the, of the puzzle when we're like, oh, you know, you know, there might not be growth and whatever. But one thing I could say is, is don't give up. You know, yeah. obviously, do not quit on yourself, mm -hmm. on your passion, on your dream. And uh, I would I would tell anybody out there, um, you know, if you don't have a plan, you got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. And um, just work hard, you know, work very, very hard. And, uh, you know don't have don't have any expectations on anybody mm -hmm. you know don't assume things you know don't don't assume that because you do one thing that people have to do another you know it's, mm -hmm. it's one thing I one thing I learned from from growing with this team and having people like a Kane 
and like um you know roach and Izzo and all the guys mm -hmm. who and even konami and arlie mm. is um it's chess not checkers man you know in, in, yes. in, in, in music and entertainment yes when you when you so and what that was kind of like i say that with confidence now because i struggled so much in that when i was first coming up mm. I, would, I would respond to things and, and um obviously like emotional intelligence is important mm. but also just like having knowledge and what you want to do in your plan you know okay and i wouldn't i wouldn't have those those um I wouldn't have a plan written down, so you know that's another thing. Like write your goals down, because <laughs> yeah. you know when people ask you, you you might not understand how to explain it, and you know that can um, either build relationships or sever them. So mm. write everything down. That's that's mm -hmm. those are like my my little tips, you know. Okay. Um, where we at? So what does hip hop mean to you? Hmm. Um. Hip hop to me is definitely uh it's definitely the voice of the the people, the mm -hmm. void. Um, and I think that just based on you know, like when I got to take that trip to New York when I was young, mm -hmm. one of the things that I learned because I spent a lot of time in the Bronx and I had mm -hmm. family there, and you know, I was just trying to like I was I was going as like a teenager, mm -hmm. and the last time I had been out there was when I was real young, mm -hmm. so I had no knowledge of anything. You know? Yeah. So I was asking questions, and I got to really see hip hop in in perspective. And like, you know, out there it was like everybody freestyles and everybody does graffiti and writes and talks mm -hmm. about rap and, and it was such a normal part of life. And what I, what it trans, well, how that translated with me was when I looked around, I seen it was like black, brown, you know, mm -hmm. in different shades of black and brown. It yeah. was like from different countries. You had mm -hmm. people from Africa, people from, uh, you know, different, different uh, sides of Africa, people from mm -hmm. the Caribbean, you know, Eastern yeah. Caribbean, you know, people from all over the world, you know, uh, from, from Asia and, and all these different uh, parts of the world so it just taught me that it's been the it's always been the voice of the 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 unspoken for and it's important to me because in the times that we live in with 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 freedom of speech and mm -hmm. with some of these rights that we have it seems like um it may not always seem like you're heard or that you're it's receptive mm -hmm. and, and you know there there's gray areas just like there are in every country you know mm -hmm. we, we we're very blessed here that we have an art form yeah. that allows us to say whatever we want yeah and, and that's something that's so big to me i'm always grateful for like um nwa and all the things that they had to work through with the government and mm -hmm. with the president and everything to to fight for us to be able to be able to express it like un, unapologetically okay know? so if we need to cuss it's because we're not just saying it for it's like we, we had a different understanding of what hip-hop was on the west coast mm -hmm. so i'm i growing up here and then going to the east coast i really saw it as a parallel and i was like okay. yeah man I'm, I'm i'm thankful that i have this avenue for me and that people like sacrifice their um their uh time and energy to make it to where i could say anything mm -hmm. and i just think that's so important yeah and, definitely and i don't take it for granted okay um do you feel as um i don't know what if you're mixed or anything like that but do you feel as a non-black artist do you feel like you have to work harder being in like a black predominant career um you know what big time and, and, and that's a that's a multifaceted subject too because okay. i am mixed I'm, okay i am mixed, but, say, i don't know but <laughs> yeah but but, yeah. but it's still important that that's a, a very important conversation because mm -hmm. um like my, my my mix is caribbean you know? yeah and, and it's kind of like a different like our post-colonial situation is a lot different than the post-colonial situation here in America, mm -hmm. you know. So when it comes to like, I see like the the struggle of uh, 
African Americans here in America, and I may not understand it in its entirety because like my people have been mixing for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been we've been mixing, you know. Yeah. So it's like we're all mixed and it's generations of that. But when I see like, you know, we just came out of civil rights here, you know, mm-hmm. we just came out of a lot of these things and when I see how hip hop started and how um you know it was predominantly the black mm-hmm. and there was Puerto Ricans in New York that were yeah. a part of, of the scene. Mm-hmm. Um I've always tried to be careful with how I like represent myself because mm-hmm. I respect black music, I respect American culture, I respect all the um like rock and roll and, mm-hmm. and blues and jazz and all these things. Cause like in the Caribbean, like reggae music and lovers rock is like the jazz and soul, you know? Okay. So I grew up dif- listening to like black music, but it was mm-hmm. like it had a different undertone. It had a different okay. it was it was like um carried in a different light. Mm-hmm. So when I came and I got into jazz and I started learning about American uh, you know, black music and things of that nature, it mm-hmm. really showed me like what the struggle is here. And okay. and I as an artist coming into this world, like I am very respectful of that mm-hmm. and I really try to make sure that I don't overstep my boundaries. You know, okay. I still consider myself a guest for sure. Like okay. definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I just try to show respect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh and, and yeah, you know, it's just, uh, it's pretty serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Especially with the conversation of um like Cardi B a few years ago, how I forgot who it was, they ended up saying the N word. So then mm-hmm. they got on about Cardi B and about all these non black people who are saying the N word and to me it's like, look, as long as you're not saying it in a derogatory tone, it don't bother me none. I think that's to me it's like um, we're all kind of coming together as one and it's like all right you feel comfortable with that so do I I mean I'll never call a Hispanic a spick or anything like that but mm-hmm. it's like because that's a whole different meaning yeah. I feel like you can't turn the n-word or you can't turn spick into a, a term of endearment because it don't even sound right to be honest with you so mm-hmm. I was just that's right. what I just wanted to bring that up but that's why I was wondering because you do you do mention that word a lot not yeah. a lot but you mention it into your music so that's yeah. why I was just wondering maybe you feel some type of like uh, I gotta come down maybe a little bit or whatever because of that so yeah um you know that's a really serious thing and i'm really mm. really glad you brought that up okay. actually i'm actually uh very you know because you know that's one thing that i realized <clears throat> i realized that you know um i realized that um mm-hmm. is is a uh, you know I, I i grew up saying that word my whole life yeah you know? Being that my family, being from the East Coast, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 like a lot of the Spanish cultures from the Caribbean use that word. And yeah, it's more like that's that's always like been a gray area for me. Is like my dad said that word my whole life, and yeah. I, I never thought of it any other way. Yeah, it wasn't until I was like, you know in school and things like that. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and you know people um. You know, people would ask me, like, are you mixed? Are you black? You know, and, mm-hmm. and I would have to, like, explain it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have friends that told me, too, and, and, and I respect it, you know. And growing up, like, you know, you know, I really am careful. And that's and I want to say this on camera. Yeah. Um, I actually don't plan on using that word in my music, you know, anymore okay. moving forward. Oh, wow. Um, it's, a, it's a really big deal. It's a really big, uh, it's a really big issue in this country. And, uh-huh. and I'm not trying to misrepresent that, even though I do have ties and I'm mixed and I have uh-huh. Af- African heritage. I have cousins that are black. Yeah. African. I still don't think it's like okay for me to do that on a public oh. level, you know, with my with my with my family and then my friends and maybe people that understand my texture. Yeah, that's one thing. <clears throat> that's one thing. But to put myself on a public platform and say mm. like, you know, it, it, I just that, that's something that I like. I actually want to apologize for anybody who was offended by that. Oh wow! And, uh, and and it's not something that 
you know, <clears throat> I want to use in my art because okay. I want to I want to represent the positive side of, of what we what we go through and, and, mm -hmm. and even though that word is is you know it, it came it's a it's a stem from from you know those, those times in America and people use it in endearment like that wasn't my struggle you know mm -hmm. and I just think that because I didn't I don't have grandparents mm -hmm. that grew up in this country that have those pains mm -hmm. when they hear that word it, you know I don't I don't I don't feel like I have access you know oh, okay. so so. That's wow. something that that's something as a as an adult I realize and mm -hmm. uh, I just want to take accountability for it. Okay. You know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so big of you. Yeah. I mean, it don't bother me, and I like the song regardless. But you mm -hmm. know, there will be people out there judging you because of that. So big I totally song. understand. Yeah. Okay, so I want to get to the music now. So we we yeah. got that all out the way. Let's talk about music. You want some more? You know what? You good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I didn't know one was an album, so I'm sorry, but I want to discuss your EP and your album. You have Scorpio, Scorpion Rising, and then the Natty Watching You. So can you discuss the titles of each of those and where it came from? Yeah. So Scorpio Rising, um, <clears throat> that's actually a. Um, I do need to sip some water. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, Scorpio Rising is my first project. Mm -hmm. And that one uh, came out in December, mm -hmm. 2019. And um, so that was like my debut, like that, like kind of like my, that was like the first project that I put out on streaming platforms. Okay. So my goal with that was to really just kind of like get myself out there, mm -hmm. get my music out there, put my uh, my craft out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really, I make my own beats. Uh -huh. I produce my own music. <clears throat> so, you know, I've always wanted, I've always, so growing up, I've always been a really big fan of like trap music and, and not mm. just trap music, but like music out the South, mm -hmm. you know, like Deep Bay, yeah. 808s, Deep Bay Sand, yes. all that, you know, that, that Trump music type mm -hmm. stuff. I grew up listening to that, you know, and, I, and I'm and i not from the South. I, I traveled to the South later on yeah. and spent time out there. And, um, but I, growing up, I actually had never been through there. So mm. when I heard the, the sound of the beats, when I would hear the bass, like the, the bass and then you hear it in the cars and yeah. the way it would sound, I'm like, what is that? Like, yeah. you know, so I got into like DJ Paul and like, mm. uh, I'm a really big fan of like, uh, music out of Houston. Oh yeah. So that, is, that inspired, um, that inspired my project Scorpio Rising because I actually spent, um, it was like I almost spent almost three or four months in Houston mm. when I was when I was writing the album or thinking okay. about putting out a project. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I was just so inspired by the vibe, and, and I was around a lot of different uh, energy, and I got to see how certain producers cook their beats, and mm -hmm. it was just the energy I was around really inspired me. Mm -hmm. So with that project, I wanted to have that sound okay. in the music, um, and um, and I definitely wanted to. Um, to create something that was a little different than what I was hearing on the radio. So mm -hmm. when you hear the project, um, it sounds like an audiobook through uh -huh. some of it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that was me, like, um, bas basically my concept was to create a movie tape. Okay. So it was like half movie, mm. but it was like more of an audible experience. Okay. And um, and it's also like the music, you know, the, the, the subject matter, you know, okay. is, is where you, you're brought back into reality. You know, now that you say that it does mm -hmm. I was listening to it earlier Okay, <laughs> now I get it Okay, yeah. got you Alright, so I want to talk about uh, One of your songs on there called Of course, BYW Which yeah. is Beyond Aware um, So go ahead and like, let's talk about that And where was I at? Oh, what what does Beyond Aware mean to you personally? Um, so I got I, I linked up with 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 the guys early mm -hmm. on. I met Arlie like years ago. We've known each other almost ten years now. Uh -huh. And uh, I was really uh, I like the aesthetic, you know, mm -hmm. um, the whole the whole uh, 
you know, you see the jersey right yeah. over there. I like the aesthetic. That was uh, one of the first designs I seen. Okay. And I liked I liked what they represented. You mm -hmm. know, when I when I got to sit with Arlie and I got to like, you know, hear his vision about his clothing line and, mm -hmm. and him and his brother Brandon. You know, shout yeah. out to them. And a a Kane. Um, I really liked the 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 mindset. You know, um, make way. You know, yeah. it was like one of the slogans that they started out with at the time. And uh, it's a brand from from the high desert. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I really it was so inspirational about seeing his come up and seeing the come up of the brand was just how how um, self aware Arlie was mm. when he when he when he was cre when he was thinking about this yeah. in the long term because uh, you know Victorville it was always hard to to for brands like that to survive you know mm -hmm. and make really big noise in the city and in the yeah. you know, across the board so one thing that I really enjoyed about the brand was the aesthetic. The look and also mm -hmm. just the mindset of, okay. of expansion but you know having this loyalty to the soil that the brand was from okay uh, and, and just being aware of your surroundings being aware mm -hmm. of your business being aware of uh being self-aware was was how i what, what i pulled from that so yeah oh. that was that was a big part of why i was like man that's that's dope you know yeah so you gotta be a part of yeah yeah big time. yeah he arlie has a way of just kind of like pulling you into like make you make you think like, I don't know. He's like, he's a whole different vibe. If y'all ever yeah. get a chance to meet Arlie, let me tell you. Um, so, let's talk about, um, wait, what did I? You asked about this on B.O. Yeah. B. Uh, no, we were talking. You already answered about yeah. Natty. That's why. I'm going to cut all this out. Um, I can't say why, Reggae, because you already answered it. Okay, let's talk about your collab with King Kong. How did that come about in the song? Um. So, King Kong is like a... He's a, a artist from Jamaica mm -hmm. who was like real big in the eighties and he mm -hmm. left. He left for like a, a while and went back. Mm -hmm. And I just so happened to be able to get in contact with him. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I've I've always listened to his music. I grew up listening to his music. Okay. But um I, I built like a, a friendship with him, you know, mm -hmm. just like just kinda asking him questions about reggae music and mm -hmm. learning about how he marketed himself and then, you know. And um so yeah, we, we actually been building a, a rapport for a while okay and uh i was able to work with him i got him on um i was able to get him as a feature for a reggae song mm -hmm. that i actually never put out oh and um and then we we did the process was was enjoyable for us so we like kind of built a relationship from there so oh. now like with my project natty watching you like you know i wanted them to, to jump on a few things mm -hmm. but uh in jamaica they actually had uh, limited access to power oh all year long this year the, the grids were real crazy so they can only record at certain times of mm -hmm. the year, you know what I mean? So oh, they have wow. to actually plan their albums like strategically, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I couldn't get them on a record, but you know, I got them on a feature on some of the songs. We actually did it through the phone. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, yeah, so so big ups to King Kong, man. Yeah, that sounded real good, yeah. King and Tell. Yeah, yeah, Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's dope. <laughs> Shout out, shout out to uh, to King Kong, but mm -hmm. yeah, he's he's the that's like my mentor now, man. Oh, okay. That's like my mentor, we have a friendship. I call yeah. him and Facetime, and, and yeah. So yeah, that that's I'm I'm real happy I was able to get. Man, me too, dude. I like that song a lot. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so I also want to discuss Wonderland. That's one of my favorite songs, just so you know. Um, wow. So it's like it's a whole vibe. Like it's one of those you just like kick back, smoke, let that shit ride out. Like I played it like four times, just so you know. Um, <laughs> So can you tell us um, about that song and like what exactly are you trying to tell us when it comes to Wonderland? Man, um, so Wonderland is like a multifaceted song mm -hmm. and um, 
what I wanted to do with this album was really create a different vibe for every song. Mm. I wanted to take each person through a different aspect of you know whatever creativity. Mm -hmm. With Wonderland, um, my my brother-in-law, my little brother, came from Maryland, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he was spending some time at our at our house, and you know, and it was around the time my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I was I was going through like a weird time around that time of my life. And he was like coming over and creating music, and, mm -hmm. and at the time I was kind of like not into it, you know. I was, yeah. But you know, I, he came over and, and you know I hooked him up, I tracked him up. We got a little, you know, a little in-home studio at the time, so I got mm -hmm. him all set up. And he just started playing the the chords, like okay. the, the main reggae chords, the little uh, chop at the beginning that you hear. And I was just listening to him, so I just hit record, and, and mm -hmm. you know. Um, we we added like another layer of the guitar. He did the guitar, so he did the oh, nice. the, the, the the chops and the guitar uh, right there. Wow! And I was like just chain smoking at the time. I was just yeah. like smoking and you know going through my <laughs> own thing. And I'm right. I was hearing them and I'm just like man, that's wild. Like yeah, man, was like, that sounds crazy, man. Like so it actually like we just like kept it. I just like mm -hmm. sat on that. We never like revisited it. Yeah. Never like we. So I got like thousands of songs like that. Like mm -hmm. where me and him wrote and we just saved it. Mm -hmm. So. Fast forwarding to now, I was I was going through my archives and I it, it, at the time the song was just bare. It was just those mm -hmm. two things. So I got this just like vibe of like experimental, like you know, not really like having a, a, a strong drum section to it or anything. Mm -hmm. And um and that's just producer talk, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like you know, I wanted I wanted to create a vibe that was different from everything. So mm -hmm. I, I started adding different sounds and mm -hmm. different textures to it. And um <clears throat> I put out it initially was just like a one minute interlude, mm -hmm. but I wanted to keep building on it. And yeah. I kind of had this like idea to like take people on a journey, take them through this wonderland. Like, so you have different sections of the song, you mm -hmm. know, and I, 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 by the end of it, what I wanted, what, what it ended up being was like a song that brings you, brings you to a place that when you listen to it, you just, you, you, you don't realize it, but you're actually working on your breathing. You're breathing, you're breathing, oh. your breathing is actually like, it is brought to a place of like um like calm yeah yeah, yeah that's know. literally the vibe i get when i listen yeah. to it that's why i like it so much yeah yeah wow, okay you know I'm, I'm i'm glad you say that because that was like at first i didn't have that mindset but mm -hmm. like uh when i when i was taking people through the through where are we going you know are mm -hmm. we losing control it's like like in your own mind in your own life in your own consciousness like where are you headed mm -hmm. you know and, and are you on a path that's going to lead you to success your goals enlightenment are you going to heal mm -hmm. you know or are you going to spiral are you mm -hmm. going to lose yourself in a in a way where you might not ever find that so so in the end right right after i say that i close the song with like water sounds it's like yeah. somebody walking through the water yeah. and my whole point with that is like when you walk through water when you when you walk through like water let's just say it's like you know at your knees i'm mm -hmm. not gonna say like up here right right you might not be able to you know you might not make it but <laughs> when you walk through water like knee deep the water might slow you down but mm -hmm. it'll never stop you from moving okay so so that was like it was like i wanted to create like a peaceful like even though like like you know is is water and, and you know it's like you being challenged mm -hmm. you still walking through it in peace okay. and, I, and i wanted to paint that picture at the end it's just like yeah you know we we could have that peace of mind we could have those those breathing those breathing you know um meditation i guess mm -hmm. you know where, where you work on yeah. breathing and that song is just i wanted to like trick people into like hey you know you could you could do it without mm -hmm. thinking about it yeah because music inspires me to meditate oh yeah you know and that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring that down to to my to my world, which I never did before, by the way. Yeah. Do you always think this deeply with your music? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's off the off the script. But... Honestly, honestly, yeah. That's why. Okay. I that's why I don't. That's why it took me this long. Like I don't drop music. Ever. Right. But because I, I really see like I don't know like growing up, my experience with music wasn't like uh I was real like it was just real like spiritual and serious okay. and, and it, it saved my life you know nice. it saved my life in a lot of areas uh so i i want to like find ways to give back you know okay like, how can i use my music my gifts yeah. to maybe make people feel better you know okay and, and and that that was a big part of this album that i just did is like with the dance song mm -hmm. like i want like dancing heals depression man yeah brings, brings the best out of people so mm -hmm. with that wonderland song i wanted to give a different side of the set of the dancing it's like you maybe just be the type of person that you don't go to clubs you want to just sit down and relax yeah. and sit with your family or maybe you smoke weed or you yeah. you, you know you like you you the homebody right uh, look out for the homebody yes yeah. look for real <laughs> <laughs> my, my son's like that like that i like that because i can play it around my my son, I, he's one of those where he likes to listen to music that just keeps him calm and like we're relaxed. We'll have it on in the background and we'll be playing cards or something like. So I love it. That's that's my favorite song. Just like, <laughs> um, what's your favorite song from your new track, Daddy? Daddy's watching you. Oh man, uh, my favorite song would have to be uh, man. I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, it's the the song. Um, the title track, Natty Watching You. Okay. That's, that's, that's my favorite. It's a vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. All right, cool. So we're gonna work, uh, we're gonna move on to the Would You Rather portion of the show. Um, so I just ask my guests this all the time. Sometimes it's crazy, sometimes it's not. This one, I just kind of thought on a whim, so we'll see. Um, so would you rather have all the knowledge in the world, but never be able to tell anybody, or you can tell people, but every time you tell somebody, you, somebody dies? I would, I would have all the knowledge in the world mm. and not tell nobody. Okay. And then hope I can figure out a way to show them <laughs> without anyone dying. Yeah, like, hey, like, look, movie <laughs> idea. Look. <You're> <laughs> Boom. All right, so we're gonna get personal with you a little bit. Um, I heard you say you have a daughter. Yeah. So, are you in a relationship? Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. Oh, he's taking guys. <laughs> I'm actually engaged. I'm engaged. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that happen? Um, it happened in I want to say we've been engaged a while now. Okay. Um, COVID kind of like slowed down on oh, our plans, but I want to say since 2019. Okay. Maybe the beginning of 2019. That's when nice. we got engaged. How long have you been together? Um, man, it's been a decade. It's been almost almost a decade. What's taking so long? Well, you know, I met her when I was young. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> look, cause I, I got you, sis. Yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. look. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, man. I need help, guys. No, right. <laughs> no, um, you know, well, well, it was we had um we were we got together young and yeah. so so I'm gonna open up to because I like yeah. this. This is a question. Let's talk, where, let's talk about you it. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you guys what you want to hear. I'm gonna be real about my yeah. love life. Um, so my my girl was actually uh, uh married when I met her to a woman. Mm. She was she was more. Oh. I don't want to say I don't want to say a lesbian. Mm -hmm. I want to say more. Um, I want to say more bi and and mm -hmm. and uh, feminine with with. Okay. Um, a domestic partnership. Okay. It's more okay. about, you know, two women that came together who try to create a union and in the mm. process there was feelings. Oh, okay. Developed, mm. Which I respect that for anybody mm. out there who's a lesbian or domestic right. partnerships, you know. All about that. Salute <laughs> to y'all out there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I met her and she was in this position, in this situation and, and mm. you know, there was no, um, <clears throat> there was no immediate 
desire to just like be a part of it you know mm-hmm. it's more about me getting to know this person that I felt connected to mm-hmm. um but yeah man you know I met her and I spent a lot of time developing a friendship with her and we we, we were so much alike and uh-huh. she's Puerto Rican and Dominican so okay. um the texture of, the, of, of being raised we were just we, we hit it off so well so, yeah so a lot of the things that she was going through at the time I didn't understand it but I didn't have a problem with it mm-hmm. um so moving forward in my relationship um yeah eventually that that uh that whole polyamory uh mindset yeah became something that I was interested in oh, okay. over time and um the other the other girl who was there um at the time it was like we all started developing uh, a friendship, a genuine okay. friendship. Uh-huh. So, so, so when I say that, it wasn't like, you know, I'm there trying to take advantage of the situation, right, you know? right. Because um, I got asked a lot of a lot of times by people, oh man, you in there, like, you know, hey, yeah. it's like with me, I, I'm like, I'm more about the process than I am like the thrill, uh-huh. you know, in situations. So I was just like intrigued with the with the mindset of polyamory. Yeah. I was like, well, well like, right. what do you, you guys are really like. I was asking them real questions. Yeah. I'm like, so when does I'm like, when does this charade? Like, when does this and when I saw the lifestyle, it was a lifestyle. You know, yeah, really it is. A partnership. These women were educated. And um, we all, so so the other girl that was there was, was Puerto Rican and black. So we all mm-hmm. had a very common bond with our culture okay. and our experience. Mm-hmm. And that made us close. So, yeah. you know, I was I was with my, my me and my fiance, who's now my fiance. We were, we were you know, together in creating a monogamous okay. appreciation for one another but over time you spend time and things happen and eventually it became a polyamory uh, uh-huh. so we were we, <clears throat> we were all expressing that towards one another yeah you know? and um it was rough you know it was a lot of a lot of ups and downs i can came. only imagine yeah it was really hard on my relationship in the end um yeah a lot of things that go into that a lot of communication don't mm-hmm. think it's all about fun it's about yeah. having adult conversations communicating yeah. um finances right finances very <laughs> sure. very big man yes. finances but the way we always looked at it was like three brains are better than one okay know? and 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 we were all a team and there wasn't jealousy and, and okay. it was a very very careful process mm-hmm. that we just peeled layers off one by yeah. one so okay um eventually you know we decided for ourselves growing up we were so young at the time that like that wasn't gonna work okay. in, in the long term. That group, mm-hmm. so you know, which, which came with a lot of pain for them because right. they had a bond, and they, and it came from a lot of misunderstandings for me because I didn't have that bond with. I, so I came at this as an individual. Uh-huh. So I had to understand their, yeah. their their bond, which was which at times is rough. You know, mm-hmm. when you, when you have expectations and you you think about things monogamously. Yeah, you know, and so so you know, it's like. So that that took me a long time to learn how to uh, <clears throat> how to love myself and how uh, to um, how to get back into like a singularity mm-hmm. because I had been so intrigued with with a multi multi faceted poly situation. Yeah. So to bring myself back to that monogamy was a big challenge. I'm okay. not gonna lie. It took a lot of <laughs> took discipline and it took yeah. honesty. It, I have a lot of problems with my. We had a lot of issues in our relationship, of mm-hmm. course her as well as me and we had actually had some time apart you know um we had a lot of time apart actually um so i think that time apart allowed us to heal and mature Mm -hmm. on our own and and that's that's what allowed us to to um you know get together in the end and and, Mm -hmm. and kind of like create a more solidified position um she's still she's still um more more poly friendly and more mm-hmm. open to those ideas. We actually both are. I was gonna ask you that, like, yeah. you're a third partner in this one day, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's something that we definitely don't shy away from. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, 
once we had our daughter and yeah you know we, we focused on our family dynamics and our yeah. careers and, and mm-hmm. building our wealth and building our finances and that that's kind of like where we stand now you know okay we, we both like to look at ourselves as individuals to a certain extent because of our businesses mm-hmm. but we have we communicate a lot you know our, okay. our, our level of maturity it takes a certain level of like just no matter what you're gonna be real you know and yeah it's that love that like you know it's kind of like relationships that are like they call them power couples yeah but like, they all have a lot of problems you know mm-hmm. everybody's human it's just how you work through those problems right how you how you outsource for the help and how mm-hmm. you respond to your partner is what keeps you together in the True. and um so yeah that's that's okay. that's a little bit in a nutshell about my relationship which mm-hmm. we're happily uh we're still together um you know and then uh, we have one daughter together nice she's two years old now oh the yeah. fun stage yeah. <laughs> okay so whew, man i swear you answered all my questions i, I know I, I, no it's fine i love it because i tell people <laughs> yeah. this you're not the only one i tell people this all the time like you answer four and one um so since you guys aren't in a, a poly relationship right now how do you guys keep it spicy in the bedroom then i feel like three people it's a lot of fun like two you got to kind of like Bring it back a little, like, what do you know? Tell me something because your face, look. (laughs) Three, eight, three. (laughs) Making me red a little bit. No, no, no. Well, the three people was like, that was so, so, like I said, like, and I I had this conversation with Mm -hmm. my brother, um, with with my boy Fitz Taylor. Okay. My my bro, Danny Blanco. We had this conversation because uh, a lot of people think it's, it's it's just there's a lot of stereotypical subject matter that comes with mm. threesomes and you know whether whether you're talking two girls one guy two uh-huh. guys, however you want to spin it there's <laughs> a there's a lot of stereo stereotypes that come with that mm-hmm. but what I will say is with my relationship in a singularity sense with monogamy we 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 shine like we have a we have a great relationship we okay. have a great relationship and a lot of that is because. Like, we listen to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we listen to each other, and, you know, when you're with somebody for so many years, you just, you you know everything mm-hmm. about them. Like, their, yeah. their bodies becomes like an instrument. So, yeah. like, you just, you know, you know how to how to really, you know, take them to places. And mm-hmm. so, so in my life, you know, our sex life nowadays is, 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 is very good. It's mm-hmm. very, um... Is we still have a lot of spice and a lot uh, of a lot of love and passion. Okay. And, and you know, I'll pride myself on that as, as both of us. It's our culture. Yeah. Our culture is very vibrant in that mm, sense. True. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, we are very expressive sexually, uh, emotionally. So that's just ingrained in our DNA. Yeah. We're just like, man, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's just yeah. it's just a part of, of life, you know. You guys use toys? So <laughs> so toys, man, um, like we did in the beginning like certain times mm-hmm. but we eventually kind of just like broke away from that okay and got more into um into things that stemmed out of like tantric sex mm. so 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 not using like uh so not really like a north american approach to like vibrant and, and uh. cre- it was more of like what can we do to 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 increase the natural state of things with our bodies with with mm. our positioning with our with our passion, you know, with, with, with just, just trying different things. Like, yeah. like there, there's, there was one time where like, I went through this phase where like, I didn't want her to say nothing or do that. I didn't want to hear her breathe. Oh. You know what I mean? And oh, it's like, I don't even want to. something. You know what I mean? Like, like it, was, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't even want to hear it. Like, I want to see, I want to see something real quick. Yeah. But it's like, 
And so those experiences, when you do things like that, you learn about your partner. I yeah. Learn, like, wow. You know, there's a lot of different things about you that I didn't realize and about mm-hmm. myself. And, and you can <laughs> you can plateau. And, and But, like, I, I do things like that. I get uh, random. I want to, like, she'll do the same thing with mm-hmm. me with certain areas. But that's just an example mm-hmm. of how, you know, something as small as silence can make a big difference okay. depending on your level of, you know, of a freak or, or excitement, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's another thing I wanted to say, too, is... Yeah. is we're good. We're good. We'll cut it out. We're good. Yeah. We do that. All right. Um. But but um, one of the things that I wanted to say too is because I know there's different types of people and there's different people that have different gauges of libido and excitement. Mm-hmm. And some people aren't excited. Some people it takes warming up. It takes mm-hmm. foreplay. It takes different things. So, you know, I understand that. And and and, and where my partner is more 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 along the lines of like she like foreplay. She likes the 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 buildup and mm-hmm. ascension. You know. So I understand that and I respect that. You know, not everybody just gets excited. Yeah. Not everybody just has this, um, you know, it, it really, there's different people. So I had, I'm considerate of that. You know, yeah. I, I never try to be too rah-rah. I try to be understanding and mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, it's all about building your partner up, not not making them feel insecure. Right, right. So, right. so I, I try to be considerate of those things. And, okay. and, you know, it helps, it helps. Yeah, okay. So what's your kinks? What do you like then? Man. Um, <laughs> Kinks. Like, tell oh, us about. Wow. <laughs> um, I definitely, um, I definitely used to think that I had like a breeding fetish. You know, okay. I used to be like one of those people. Like, I want to have like a hundred kids. You know, Oof. I want to, I want to have. When I was younger, you know, yeah. I was like real reckless with my thinking. I was like, mm. nah, man, I want to be one of those guys that like a my, baby by every my, girl in yeah, the nation. Yeah, like, <laughs> my DNA that be so strong in the world. Oh my like, god! <laughs> because like I was cut from that cloth. Okay. You know, I was cut from that cloth. Like the men in my family are very, very, uh, extremely sexual men. Mm. And, and uh, so, so when I was younger and, and you know still still growing up, that was always my mindset: is man, I'm a, you know I'm not gonna have a wife. Yeah, yeah. But as I've gotten older and I and I been in a monogamous situation or a poly situation i definitely like the poly aspect yeah i do like a heightened sense of um of um uh, work that you put in i mm-hmm. guess to make to make it i can't articulate it better than in words but, uh, uh, but to have that challenge you yeah know, is something that i learned mm-hmm. through systematic experiences so 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 basically it wasn't like i just had a threesome mm-hmm. and i was the king it was like yeah. wow it was whack like my first, <laughs> my, first, my first experience was wow. Don't tell me that I haven't had my first experience yet. But but but, like. but, see, but, but, but as the male, uh-huh. like, it's like we always have this this issue. Like if you finish like this mm-hmm. and you don't put in any work, you your nerves will get the best of you. Yeah. So 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 that was my problem. Okay, I, my nerves got the best of me, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like a positive experience. But once I learned how to work through that, once I learned like the man, the, our bodies are just like. Um, our body is sensitive, yeah. so so with men, if you drink alcohol, if you drink like your your, your libido, all your, your body chemistry is uh, affected by that. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Yes. So So I, I stopped drinking soda. I stopped drinking like you know there were certain things I started doing to take care mm-hmm. of myself. Okay. And so in those experiences, I was able to learn about mm-hmm. my body. So so I used to be insecure in certain areas of my anatomy where it was just like stamina you know mm. and, and things like that especially when i was younger yeah when you when you're thinking about a threesome you know you think yo i'm, I'm gonna handle this i'm like but it's all about the moment it's all yeah. about what happens behind the closed doors so yeah so one of my kinks was learning how to master that how okay. can I, how can i become somebody who 
isn't you know I wasn't always the flyest person I didn't mm -hmm. have like now I I, I just started wearing watches yeah and, and <laughs> trying to like represent myself and but I've always mm -hmm. been like I always just wore like I was I lived in a hood I'm from mm -hmm. the hood so I always just wore whatever and I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't think of myself as a fly like go-getter type of yeah. guy so when when I would have these experiences they would build me up mm -hmm. you know they would really build myself a self-esteem up and my security up and um and it, it really helped me find myself, mm -hmm. you know? And, and of course, not every experience was positive, like I said, but the ones that I, that were positive and how they were able to ascend, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, yeah. like it's like, wow. Like, <laughs> hey, I didn't know that three people could could, could create this. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not just like, you know, it was like afterwards we could watch movies. Yeah. And nobody's in the feelings. Right. And, and that, that was powerful, man. That yeah. was something that, it, it, it's not something that I was able to experience much after that uh -huh. but after that 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 love triangle we had man mm -hmm. it was like that was a big it turned into a kink i was like it just seemed like it wasn't enough you know mm. but you know moving on you know now i have a lot more i've developed a lot more uh a lot more of uh, kinks just with my with my just my singular partner because yeah. now i've t put myself in a position where it's like i gotta make you happy regardless you know yeah and i'm gonna push myself and keep finding ways to take you to the next level mm -hmm. you know and and it's exciting for me to do that different positions man yeah. like different you know like doggy style man like like you know like that's just to me that was that was made by the like that's just my favorite that's like, <laughs> My favorite position it's every guy's favorite yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. But, man yeah you mm -hmm. know and i just i feel i feel like you know just just coming at it different aspects you know mm -hmm. there's like different ways you could do doggy so you know just just keep True. keep tapping man keep, right. keep knocking on those doors you know I mean? keep figuring your woman out yeah, you'd be surprised yeah. what we'll do for you okay yeah, keep trying <laughs> keep trying i love how you articulate your sentences like you i see what kate was talking about so anywho <laughs> We're gonna move on to the take a shot with CC, and mm. you get to ask me questions. Yeah, yeah. Up there. So, you want to do the wine or the Syrah? Uh, shoot, for my. Let me put this off camera. No, I'm gonna take. Is it? Or right now? Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> for the shot, listen, yeah, I'm gonna join. I'm gonna yeah, join. Yeah. Okay. yeah I'm Swag. I'm not so, trying to like. Waiting for Diddy to sponsor me. So. Come on, Diddy, quit playing. Look, I've been doing this all. I have a certain. Uh, oh, I can't open it. <laughs> yeah, I got See, am I tripping? Maybe it'll We're one. I was like, we're one of somebody else. <laughs> we over here struggling. Sweaty palms. Um, no, I had a certain uh, picture I would take with the Ciroc so everybody knew when I had a new bottle. And I had every flavor he ever came out with. And I always tagged him. And I was like, did he just sponsor me? So we'll see. Yes. So this is to the final episode of season two. Thank you all for sticking with me with 13, 14, I don't know how many episodes I got, but all this time, thank you for joining me and coming through, you know, Mad Stew and all that good jazz. Salute, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, still the same, we're good. Yep. So, okay, your turn, sir. <laughs> So um, so let me ask you this, okay. Camille. Um, so you know, we, we discussed a little bit earlier about mm. what it was like for me mm -hmm. in in terms of my kinks, and you know, not just that, but mm. you know, being a parent and how I how I found my significant other and mm. how I was younger, and we worked through all these struggles. Mm. What are some of the things that, as a as in you know, at where you are now mm. compared to when you first started getting into you know intimacy and things mm -hmm. of that nature? What are some things that you've learned about yourself? What are some things that you've 
mm-hmm. maybe discovered about yourself that you know you maybe not have known you know Uh-oh. um okay that's a good question uh well to run you back on my history i was married for from 20 to 26 and i was with him since i was 17 to man last year i guess whatever um so yeah i'm divorced now but when i met him i probably had sex maybe once right before him so i didn't really know much i didn't like porn because i was just kind of like vaginas um so i wasn't really like as experienced i wasn't into like wanting to learn new things and a lot of the shit that i know now i didn't know then so Mm. i'm actually kind of sad about it because i'm pretty sure that's a big reason but um what i know now and about myself number one confidence is everything with guys girls whatever it's a huge fucking deal so i've learned confidence um within myself just as far as um who i am because after you know you've been with somebody for so long you start thinking that the way they think of you is who you are Mm. so whether it's good or bad whatever they say to you will stick to you like glue and it's like well he said i'm like this so i probably am because he knows me best sexually mentally whatever so i had to break out of that i go to therapy i'm all about therapy so if you go to therapy don't feel bad for yourself like that's one of the best forms of health um what is it mental health that you can give yourself um so from going there you know learning myself having strong-minded friends to help me through a lot um now i've learned with myself that i want to try everything everything like i was listening to a sex podcast which is what got me um, starting my other i had another show before where i was doing a sex podcast but there was more based off of experience and i was like comparing myself to them and all this stuff and i don't like to do it so like right. andrew shoals um, actually taught me um, he he has two podcasts and he doesn't listen to anybody else's because he doesn't want to go through that comparing stage. Mm. So I don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore because of that, because it does get to me sometimes. I'm like, damn, maybe I should do it like this or whatever. Anyways, there's a lot of things I want to do now. Like I want to have my first threesome. I want to try furring. I want to try um, pegging. You know what pegging is? Yeah. Okay, look, I'm so glad. Unfortunately. <laughs> Somebody, everybody never knows what that is. I'm yeah. so excited you know what that is. So my I girl, would, my girl just told me about what that was this week. Uh, like, oh, you she, didn't try it. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> You're not going to try it out. Look. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, <laughs> but I hear you. Yes. Yeah, so um, I want to try that. You know, not even to, to demasculate anybody, just to try it. You know. Um, I haven't. I haven't done a lot. There's so many things that I've learned over the years. Like. But one of my biggest kinks, um, shoot, what is it? Honestly, I can't even do it. Like, I I like, like, men's back and stuff like that. That kind of gets me going. But other than that, I don't have, like, a kink that anybody has, like, brought out of me to be like, I need this every time I have sex, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) So, so you mentioned you were married. Previously, you guys met Mm -hmm. when you were young. Yeah, 17. Mm -hmm. Married by 20. Yeah. Wow. So, so what was it like for you um after your after that after uh, the divorce like you know you said you had to like read just you know yeah rediscover so, myself yeah, yeah. What, um, what, what was that what was that process like for you i mean hard yeah. okay because the situation was he he left me he left me for a co-worker it was really bad with right <laughs> i'll tell you all the other details off camera but it was really bad you know family got involved court got involved i'm talking about police got involved like mm-hmm. it 
police know me by first name. Like, that's how crazy it got. So, <laughs> um, it was just really, really bad. Up until last year, I finally decided. Last year in July, I was with my therapist and I told her, I'm not going to take myself through this no more. Because I'm more, I've never been taught to, which is what I want to teach my daughter. I never taught myself how to let go of somebody. You know, you're watching movies and it's like girls fight over the boyfriend or they're like, you know, I'll fight for my man to the end. And I took that as a literal sense. Mm -hmm. So I was never taught that sometimes it's okay to break away. Sometimes it's not for you, you know, things like that. Like this won't be the last man I'm with. This won't be the last relationship I have. So I had to um, kind of rewire my brain in a sense because it was like anything he said or text or whatever was like, it, it was it was God's word. And I had to really break away from that. So what I've learned and what I want to do now, um, aside from like coaching people through this kind of thing, what I want to do is just be able to have a friendship, you know what I'm saying? And be cool. Like it's never nothing wrong, even though the situation was super hard. Even with the girl now, I'd be like, girl, we could be friends. Like, it ain't that serious no more. Because at, at that time, it was, this is my... Because we were married. We They were together for three years, and then we got divorced. So we were still married at the time. So it was like, girl, I don't want to no more. Like, we could be friends. And she's very insecure in, in herself from what I've seen. Wow. Um, it's really hard. But I just thought, girl, I'm at a stage now. Like, I'm cool, girl. You know, you do. You got your family. I'm chilling by myself. And I feel like... That's also what helping my show grow too because um, he was very jealous. I wouldn't have been able to sit here and have a conversation with you for no longer than five minutes without him flipping out. You know what I'm saying? Calling my phone, things like that. Right. So um, I feel like God wanted this to happen so I can do what I'm doing now. Because the, the days and nights that I spend with these guys, all the male guests that I have, that shit would not have went over. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. It's a good thing. Don't don't look at it like I said. My divorce was the, probably one of the best things that ever happened. So you don't know that when you're younger though, because you're so stuck in this la la land. But when you really step back, you look at what was going on the last ten years of your life. You're like, oh, it should have been over. You know what I'm saying? So I got two beautiful kids out of it, and I'm straight. So yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing how that you know that's that's interesting because mm -hmm. I, I think about stuff like that. Like, yeah. You know, um, younger younger marriages yeah know, and, and the shelf life that people try to put on them mm -hmm. but you know i mean um, things happen for a reason exactly and, and i'm happy you have this and i'm happy mm -hmm. you have this platform and, and this has mm -hmm. given me an opportunity to express things mm -hmm. so you know so so aside from your, your previous relationship and mm -hmm. things of that nature you know we talked about some of your kings mm -hmm. what are some um what are some some um what's a good way to ask this what are some, I guess, experiences that you anticipate in the future? So, so you said you never had a threesome. You never had. You're still waiting. So, 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 mm. you're still waiting for that experience. Yeah. To where you're like, man, this is, you know, mm. this is something that I'm into. But yeah. You know, I guess, I guess, the good thing about that is, on the road to that, you're, you can learn so many other things. Yeah. You know? And mm -hmm. that's that's interesting to me because I've, you know, I've only you know, had so many partners, you yeah. know, even before my fiance and, mm -hmm. and after and all that. And I would always wonder, like, you know, what, what's it like for people when they start to feel, um, 
when they start to just become unhappy in their marriage yeah you know, in, in a sexual sense like, yeah 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 what, it, what happens is it the sex goes first and then yeah the trauma or the drama or does the drama happen and the sex is good but people mm. just can't stand each other right those are things that you know i've always i've always wondered and, and mm. you know i just i think it's it's great that you're you're still in a place where you have this confidence and, and you're mm. you're learning you're relearning that confidence yeah but, man so so what exactly is your long-term goal in terms of you know your sexual studies are you uh, are you planning to become a sex therapist mm. or is it something that a field that you pursued in school i mean what what, what got you into the therapy aspect of it? um, it's kind of like therapy in a way. yeah it is <laughs> definitely um i follow this lady on instagram her name is um mh sexpert i actually found her from the sex podcast i was listening to um because that showed me that uh i used I used sex for a long time after my separation. I used it, you know, to get back, you know, my to my husband. Or I knew this would draw him in, or whatever the case is. But she taught me, um, MH Sexpert taught me that um, sex is more than just, you know, a dick and a vagina. It's uh, it's a spiritual thing. It's all about, you know, the anatomy. You know, things like things that you were saying about you and your wife or fiance. Like that's the stuff that I'm learning now. So to me, sex isn't just something where I'm just like, I'm going to go around and be like, here you go, here you go, whatever. Like, I think I think long-term um, emotion, because I believe in, uh, what is that term that I learned in church? It's, uh, it's just like when two the spirits come together or whatever, and it's like even when you guys break away, that spirit is still with you or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. If y'all know, please let me know. Um... But yeah, I feel like uh, long term though, I want, I do want to get married again. So I feel like you shouldn't do everything with everybody, just that one person. So what I know, yeah, what I know now, I want to do with my husband. I don't want to do it with just some random person because it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Teaches me. I feel like being, having your whole stage teaches you a lot because you're learning, um, you know, you're learning like you learn football. You're learning like you learn uh, how to sing or something like that. It's just the different experiences with different people teach you different things, how the body works, how the man uh, breathes, anything like that. So me not having the sexual experience beforehand, like I said, I felt like that was a big reason why we kind of fell off because the girl you, he's married to now, she was a stripper. She was a little older. She had experience. She had more, you know, other kids. So she knew a lot more than me, which is absolutely fine. But, you know, now that I know what I know now, let me tell you, mm. I'm good at it. Like, <laughs> I over. know I will. Right. <laughs> Period. You'll never know again. But it's yeah. <laughs> Anything uh, else? Oh no, that, that's, that's it. That was it. That was that was great. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm I much respect, and that's, yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's that's, um, that's, that's great though. That's mm -hmm. great, and, and um, that's mm -hmm. those are the questions that I could think of. Oh no, that's cool. So we're probably way over time any freaking yeah, way, okay. but no, <laughs> you're good. It's mostly me. <laughs> we don't charge for this episode. No, look, <laughs> it's the last episode, guys. Like, it is the final final episode. Thank you guys for sticking with me through all of these episodes of season two we're not gonna sit there and wait three weeks again to do another episode because i want you in season three so we'll catch you guys in the next season thanks for joining us we'll see you guys next time Peace.